let me ask you a question. Do you feel valuable? Do you feel important? Like your decisions have impact. We're talking about self-esteem, high versus low, on this episode of Success Convo. Welcome to Success Convo. I'm Ryan Ingle here with Kate Carlisle. And we're going to jump in here and we are going to discuss the six pillars of self-esteem, something that has a lot of gravitational pull and importance to your life. Now to start, I want you to envision two men. The first man wakes up, goes through his day, and it's almost a blur. He eats junk food, doesn't care much about his job, tries to watch a Netflix episode, talks to his wife or girlfriend. She doesn't really care what he has to say. He doesn't even remember each day. That's the first man. The second man wakes up eager to attack the day. He does a quick workout. He eats healthy, reads his morning news regimen, goes to his own passionate job or business that he cares about. He makes an impact, comes home, sits with his wife or girlfriend, stays present in the moment, and goes to sleep fulfilled, remembers that day. Which one of these two men do you think is going to have higher self-esteem? It's the second man. He has the higher self-esteem because he practices the first pillar. We're jumping right into this one. And that is the practice of living consciously. He is in the moment. This one is actually one of my favorites. I see so many people, colleagues of mine actually, who are not passionate about what they're doing, just sort of muddle through their day. It's all very hazy and sort of feel like one day bleeds into another and they can't distinguish. And they're not happy with themselves. They're not happy with their lives. So being just conscious and engaged in what you're doing is very, very important. And it feeds back into your self-esteem. If you feel good about what you're doing and, and how you go about your day to day, you're going to feel better about yourself. That goes for you know your job. It goes for your relationships. It goes for your hobbies. You know, some people watch, you mentioned watching Netflix, you know, some people might go play baseball, but they don't really like baseball. They're just sort of doing it to do it because everybody else does it. They're not happy people. They're not happy with themselves and they're not happy with their lives. So I love this one. This is a great way to kick it off, Ryan. You said something very good there and you said people are just kind of living for other people and doing what everyone else is doing. And I think that is a huge pull away from practicing living in the conscious moment. You get so wrapped up in trying to live like everybody else. Absolutely. Pillar one right there. This is a kickoff. This is going to be a powerful episode. I can tell right out of the gate. I'm going to hand the mic off here. Let's hear number two. Hit us with pillar two, Kate. All right, this one is very near and dear to my heart. It's the practice of self-acceptance. And just to take you back a little bit, when I was in a first-year law student, we were organized into what's called law offices. And it was a group of 13 fellow students that you went through all of your classes with. You had a special class just with that group of people. And it was really designed to foster this collective sense of, you know, we're all in this together and we can rely on each other and support each other through this experience, which is a great concept. But there was one girl in my law office named Teresa, and she was about 5'10". Those of you who, most of you haven't seen me, but I'm very short. I'm five feet. And so I always used to watch Teresa get up and I was very sort of self-conscious about the fact that I was nowhere near her height. And I would watch her speak and just think, wow, she's so self-assured. She's so you know, confident. People must respect her and listen to her so much more closely than they would me because I'm just you know, short. 
And the more I thought about that, the more I was like, that is a losing battle for me. There's no way I can win that game. I can't grow. I can't, I'm not going to stand up, stand up there on books. Like it's just not going to work. I need to find another way that I can be more confident in my abilities to, to speak and to command an audience. Well, I realized what I can work on, I, I can work on how I articulate my words, the tone that I use, how powerfully I convey my message. And I started to focus on that more than my height. And I realized it's really not about your presence and your appearance. I mean, that does feed into it sometimes, but it really is about the level of self-confidence that you convey when you're speaking. And that's, you know, self-acceptance and self-improvement. A lot of people confuse the two things and they feel like, well, if I just am happy with myself and I'm okay with the way I am, I'm never going to get better. I'm never going to improve. And that's absolutely not the case. It actually works the other way around. If you don't accept yourself, who you are as a person, you can't possibly work to improve upon what you have. So this for me is huge and practicing self-acceptance. I just, I can't say enough about it. And the big key here, very, very good. And I love that story. The big key here is what you can change. There's the underlining thing because you're right. People get confused when it comes to self-acceptance versus self-improvement. You should always be trying to improve. One of the worst things I hear out here with all of like, you know, the positivity memes and the positivity motivationals that you'll see all over Instagram, a lot of them, they kind of hearken to not self-improvement, right? Because there's things that you can change. If you can change it, you should grab hold of it and change it. Kate's right. Look, she's 4'10". Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> she's five foot. Point being, point being, she's not going to grow. Aside from, you know, removing the growth plates and injecting hormones into herself. That sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> she's not going to grow. Cannot change that. It's impossible. But she can make herself a better, more potent, more powerful speaker. Pillar three. What is pillar three, Kate? Practice of self-responsibility. Practicing self-responsibility. How many of you guys know people that give excuses about every little thing? One of the biggest ones we hear, being in fitness, as, as a coach, one of the biggest things I hear is, oh, it's a medical condition that I'm overweight, or this or that, or I can't eat this, I have an allergy to this or that. They're not owning up, taking responsibility, taking charge of the fact that they're not in shape because they are not eating right. They don't have the discipline. They haven't built up their willpower. And just to be clear here, we're certainly not saying that those medical conditions don't exist because some people have, you know, for example, PCOS is a condition that can tend to reduce your metabolism. And so that is an uphill battle that they're fighting. Not to say that those things aren't out there. They don't hinder your ability to get great fitness results. But there are too many people that sort of rest on that. They may have some minor thing wrong with them and blow that way out of proportion and say, oh, that's why I am the way I am and I can't change it and sort of poor me and let's have a little pity party. My aunt is like this. She had for a long time, um, you know, she has fibromyalgia and for a long time she used to say, oh my God, I can't do anything. I have to eat this particular way. I can't go out to dinner. And it really hindered her ability to have a normal life for a very long time. And, you know, flash forward about 10, 15 years, she's doing great now. And she just found a way to mesh, you know, what she needed to do for her health into having a normal life. And so it is possible. It's just a matter of overcoming those, those excuses that you make to yourself and really accepting responsibility for the fact that you are in control of your own life. What, what was the big change? She finally owned up? So there was actually this family trip that we went on. It was a reunion. We went out to Colorado which one of my cousins was living out in Colorado at the time. And we thought this would be a great spot to have a family reunion. And we went and we took a hiking trip. So for about three days, we were just out hiking in the woods. It was awesome. So much fun, about 15 of us. And the whole time, she was just 
complaining and not happy because her food ran out and she couldn't really, you know, eat anything that anybody else had. And I think she just, she reached a point where she was so incredibly frustrated with how much it was hindering her ability to live normally and enjoy things that, you know, we would as normal people enjoy. And it really was reaching that point of frustration. I think you have to reach a point where you're just like, I can't live my life this way anymore. And a lot for a lot of people, I've seen that happen time and time again. That's what kicks them over the edge. It's not those incremental steps. It's that point of total rock frustration. Bottom. Yep. Yeah, rock bottom. I think a lot of people experience that kind of like coming to Jesus moment with their problems when they're in their 30s. You know, they, they realize that, damn, I've been acting this way and it's really me. I've tried 60 different things. So I, I totally agree with that. Love that point. And that was a great story about your aunt. That is practice of self-responsibility. To some degree, all of us need to take a look at ourselves and see what we can actually own up to. We gotta own our problems to be able to fix them. So let me take the reins here on number four and tell you something that I don't do that pretty much everybody I know does, and that's drink. I will not drink. If I go to a function and there's, you know, beer or alcohol and everybody else is having something, I'll have a water, I'll have a seltzer, I'll have something else. And I'm totally cool with that. I know a lot of people that feel peer pressured where if they go out, they go to a bar, all their friends are drinking beer, they're like, well, I have to shoot, I have to drink a beer. You've got to be comfortable in your convictions and in your principles. For me, there are a lot of reasons personally, which I'm sure we, we may or may not get into on another podcast, of why I just don't drink, have not, even back to the college days. But this is really about the practice of self-assertiveness. One thing I don't do, I certainly don't look at my friend, you know, Beth, and say, hey, Beth, you shouldn't drink. It's bad for you. And, you know, it's got extra calories. And it's, you know, it's not safe if you're drinking too much. I don't preach. I don't lecture anybody else. I just do my thing. And I'm totally cool with that. And really, it's it's about being, again, comfortable with, with what you believe in and with what you prefer and, and how you're conducting your life. And, you know, being assertive about that. If somebody tries to push you to do something you're not comfortable with, being satisfied with how you're living your life, is there's no better way than that to have high self-esteem. One thing I really admire is that you are a direct example of this. You are unapologetic and you're authentic and you don't cave to peer pressure, which is great. You know, I totally admire you about that. I mean, I think I'm pretty good with it, right? Mm -hmm. and, and that's another thing about this whole thing. You have to be grounded and like Kate mentioned here, not be pushy. Have you guys ever had that one relative that's super religious? Do you have that one relative that's super religious? Shoot, no. <laughs> I have like four or five of them and they push their beliefs on you. And pretty soon it's like, man, my aunt, I don't even want to be around my aunt now. And that's the thing. People are going to have differences in opinion. You don't want to be too pushy. You have to balance this one. But yes, being yourself. So that's pillar four, practice of self-assertiveness. To roll into number five, I'm going to ask you, the listener, a question. Do you like your job? Now I'm going to take it a step further. If you said you like it, whether you didn't or not, do you love your job? If you like your job, do you love it? Now, if you love your job, if you're a person that's passionate about your career, you probably have a huge sense of purpose. Pillar five is the practice of living purposefully. Your job, this is something you're going to be doing 40 to maybe 60 hours per week. And if you're going to that job and you're leaving that job and you feel fulfilled every day, you're an important piece of your company or you're an important piece of your assignment, that is always going to boost your self-esteem because it directly applies to who you are as a person. And the inverse of that is if you're not, if you're going to work every day and you really don't like your job and you don't like what you're doing and you know, you're that person who if someone asks you what you do, you quickly 
say it and then you say, but I'm looking for something else or I'm going back to school. You probably have a person there that has low self-esteem. Do you agree with this one? Absolutely. A big component of living purposefully too is keeping a bigger picture on things because we all have aspects about you referred to your job. I know I have aspects of my job that I can't stand from time to time, but overall, I really love it. I enjoy it. I'm good at it. And I think keeping that bigger picture and not focusing on the minutia, some little thing that might have gone wrong or some coworker who may have rubbed you the wrong way, said the wrong thing, not stewing on those little things, but really thinking overall, am I doing what I want to be doing with my life? And do I feel passionately about it is super important. You crushed it with that one. I hadn't even thought about the bigger picture. All right, like the bigger goal of what you're trying to do. Well, because if you're looking for a job that you never have a, a sour or a down moment at and you just every day is a great day. I mean, there are some jobs out there like that, but few and far between. And there's always going to be things that come up, things you resent, tasks you have to complete that you're not wild about. And so you really can't focus on those things. Just look at it in totality. Absolutely. And you can make lateral moves. For example, if you're a nurse and you're an OR nurse and you just, or maybe you just, you hate the department you're in or you have that coworker that really annoys you, or maybe that superior putting too much pressure on you. Maybe they're not a good boss. You can make a lateral move. You love being a nurse. So that's a great point, Kate. You know, you step back and you look at your life. And I think the ultimately here for living purposefully, you have to look at your life in totality to see if you're moving in the right direction. Absolutely. The last one is the practice of personal integrity. And the key word here is personal. This sort of relates to the practice of self-assertiveness that I talked about before. And I'm going to give a small example because this one can be sort of hard to understand. So for me, I'm not a huge gym goer. Occasionally I'll go, but it's not something that if I miss a day, I'm going to seriously beat myself up about, feel worthless over. But there are people out there who are like that. Their physique is incredibly important to them. Maybe they're training for a show. And if they miss a day, it's the end of the world and they just can't live with themselves. However, one of my major habits is every morning when I get up, I will read an article about something I know nothing about. It could be an article about astrophysics. It could be an article about something financially related, a principle or concept that I knew nothing about. I will read an article just because it enriches my vocabulary and it enriches my, you know, it might give me a, an idea, a business idea. There are a number of reasons that I do it. And if I miss a day of that, I feel, I beat myself up about it. I feel like I missed an opportunity. And for me, that's something that I would care very much if I missed it on a day-to-day as opposed to going to the gym that I wouldn't. But if somebody else were to tell me, hey, you know, you didn't work out that day, that's bad. I mean, I wouldn't really care. And it's about sticking to your own principles, your own concepts of, of what's right and what's important to you. If you're doing something just because somebody else tells you you should be doing it, to be a good person or to be a well-rounded person or to be a healthier person, you're going to resent that and you're going to not feel very happy with yourself. So again, practicing personal integrity is, is very important. I can also tell you guys, those articles that Kate reads will add up. She will shock you. She'll destroy <laughs> you in jeopardy. You do not want to go against Kate in facts or Scrabble. I mean, she's wiped the floor with me in Scrabble. That's part of her personal integrity. She goes outside the box and learns something. And I think that's a that's an incredible one. If you guys want to take a, a note from her playbook, yeah, that's a good thing to do. There's a key element in integrity. It means when no one else is around. I and mean, that's what integrity means to me. Doing what's right, even if you're not going to get any credit for it. So you 
have to look at yourself in the mirror and have your own set of rules. And that's what this law comes down to for me is having your own core values and rules that you don't step away from. You know, and Kate really does harp on herself when she misses that morning article. I know it. We've had this conversation before. I'm also about reading and learning different things. But, you know, for me, I'm not going to miss my core at least four days a week. I'll train. And that's part of my core integrity. No matter what happens anywhere else in the world or, you know, who thinks what, I'm not going to miss my, my days of training. That's a great one to wrap these six pillars up. If you want to dig in, highly recommend this book. This is one of Kate's favorite books, actually. It's The Six Pillars of Self-Esteem by Nathaniel Brayden. Highly recommend picking it up. And as we know, it's one of our favorite books. I'm expecting a killer big takeaway here for us. I've got a killer big takeaway. Oh, you're not going to go first? No, you go ahead and nail it. My big takeaway here is really to think about these things as action items that you can and should put into practice today. So a lot of people may look at some of these things like self-assertiveness and say, well, if I'm not comfortable with myself, how can I, how can I assert myself? I, I'm, I don't feel, you know, comfortable doing that in social situations yet, but it really is a matter of, and this will, I think, feed into Ryan's big takeaway, but it is a matter of just do, going out and doing these things. If you're a little bit uncomfortable, that's a good thing. You should be uncomfortable because lack of comfort or discomfort means that you're making change, oftentimes positive change. So think about these things and, and use these things as, as steps that you can implement today would be my big takeaway. I know it sounds simple, but it really is a matter of mindset. I like that a lot, actually, because it, it gives people the hope and to know that you know, they're action items. You have to do it. Don't worry about your confidence being up or down or this or that. It'll build. I love that. Great one, Kate. This has been sort of an ongoing conversation. Your self-esteem is super important. It's tied directly to how much money you're going to make, how much confidence you're going to have. Will you get the girl? Will you get the guy you want? People don't give self-esteem enough credit. It's, it's highly important. And something I'll tell you right now, I wonder if you agree with me here, a lot of people fake self-esteem. You can feel it. You can feel it when they're faking. I think that's right. There's also a difference between self-esteem and confidence. I mm-hmm. think of self-esteem as internally, if you're just sitting with yourself, how do you feel about yourself as a person? Whereas confidence is really what's the image and the the, the feelings about yourself that you portray to the mm-hmm. world. So people fake confidence all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great point. And I think the way I picture it, you ever seen one of those knights in a haunted house movie? You know, the knight, the armor set that moves mm-hmm. and there's nothing inside of it. That's what I look at. If somebody doesn't have self-esteem, they might have that fake confidence on the outside. They take a few hits. They're done. They're going to shatter That's and crumble. That's a good image. Yep. They're going to shatter and crumble. And the reality here is if you want self-esteem, you've got to be the knight inside that armor too. Take Couldn't agree one. more. That could have been my big takeaway. I should have held <laughs> That's my probably there. your big takeaway but right there. I'm going to make the big takeaway. I'm going to hit you with the big takeaway. And that is look at all these pillars. Did you notice something? Did you notice something in common here? There's one common denominator. They all start with the practice of. You have got to be practicing this. You have got to be doing this every single day. Take the first one, the practice of living consciously in the moment, you know, studying yourself, learning about yourself. This one, you've got to do it every single day. Seven days straight, it's not good enough. Two weeks straight, it's not good enough. We got to have 21 days. We got to go keep going, keep going. None of this stuff is going to happen overnight. You're not going to fill that armor suit overnight. Although on the flip side, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. And that's, that feeds into the concept of, of it takes practice. So if you, let's go to living consciously for a second. If you say, I'm going to take 10 minutes out of my day and I'm going to meditate 
or I'm going to go out on my balcony and I'm going to watch the sunset and I'm just going to enjoy the sunset and think about what the air is like going through my body, the smells that I'm sensing, really focusing on being present in the moment. Even if it's just for that small amount of the day, you're going to find that it bleeds over into the rest of your day and you're able to apply that more broadly. On point. I love it. Thank you for tying that up. Nice for me. That's exactly what I was trying to say. You crushed it, Kate. Thank you for doing the episode with me. This was a great episode. I really enjoyed this one and I want people to give this more thought. You know, this is such great content. I also want people to subscribe. I think that's a good point. Tap that little button, subscribe on iTunes. If you don't mind, give us a review on iTunes. Give us a five-star review. Tell us what you think of the show. Um, Also, where else are we talking about these? Facebook, Sleepless for Success. It's a group. It's free to join. We will approve you as long as you input discussion into the group. I've already seen so many great concepts, book suggestions, tips thrown out. It's it's a great breeding ground for people who all have the same mentality, want to want to keep hitting it and making those gains day by day. Financial success, business success, career success. That's what this is about. Thank you for listening. Thank you for getting the show out there. Share, tag us, tag me, tag Kate, and we will see you on the next episode of Success Convo.